Would you like to 10X your productivity and stop feeling so overworked and overwhelmed? Welcome to the Extreme Productivity Podcast with New York Times bestselling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur, Kevin Cruz. Hello, everyone. Kevin Cruz here with a very special podcast. In fact, this episode, we will be cross-posting on both the LeadX Leadership Show and the Extreme Productivity Podcast. Today, my guest and I will be talking about secrets to productivity, which is just another way to say how to make your goals and dreams come true. We're going to talk about how you can finally write that book you always wanted to write, but just don't have time. And if you're a student, middle school, high school, college, how can you even get your homework done in less time? But these productivity secrets are universal. It doesn't matter what your goal is, what your dream is, they're going to help you to actually make it happen in 2021. Now, we're going to be chatting about things like your most important task, the magic of 1440, maximizing your focused attention and more. And who is my special guest on productivity today? I'm lucky to have with me 12-year-old Sienna. Sienna, welcome to the show. Hi. And I should also say, uh, Sienna, we invited your mom to hang out with us. Hello, Heather. Thanks for joining. Hello. (laughs) So, Sienna, you sent me an email out of the blue, right? Like how many months ago? Two, three months ago? Uh, yeah, about two months ago. Okay. Now, I, I don't get a lot of reader emails, but I might get 10 or 20 emails a day, and I've been writing for about 20 years now. So, I got to say that out of the probably 100,000 emails I've gotten from readers, um, I always read them. I don't always reply to them. I try to reply to a lot. But yours really stood out to me. You had a very special email, which is why I invited you on the, the show to, to, to talk about it. And I guess for our listeners, um, I'm hoping that you will actually, I've got a copy here, I'm going to share it on the screen, that you'll read this email so they know uh, kind of just how, how we met. Uh, yeah, I can see that. If you will, go ahead and uh, read the email that you sent me a couple, couple months ago. My name is Sienna. I'm in eighth grade. I'm 12 years old and I'm a writer. About a month ago, I was interested in improving my words per hour. I wanted to write a book, but I was procrastinating it so much. Snapchat, Instagram, and taking BuzzFeed quizzes seemed more appealing. So I began to look for ways to become more productive. Eventually, I stumbled upon your podcast. And when I listened to it, it changed my life. Your tips about productivity were ones that I implemented immediately. Now, I know I'm young, but that doesn't mean I'm not busy. With homework, music, family, and sports, I was so busy and exhausted, I had no time to do anything, including writing, which is my MIT every day. I loved your message about the number 1440, so I print out the sign and put it in my room. At the start of November, I took up a challenge, which would have seemed impossible only a few months ago. I decided to write 75,000 words in the month of November. This program is known as NaNoWriMo. I'm in the Young Writers Program. So far, I've written 46,238 words this month. I can now hit 2,500 words an hour, before I was around 900, and I've implemented a morning routine which frees up an hour to just write. My homework gets done a lot faster, much to my mom's relief, and my entire day is scheduled on Google Calendar. So thank you for your amazing podcast, books, and tips on productivity. They've helped me out on my journey to becoming an author. Wonderful. So first of all, give us an update. How did November go? How many words did you end up writing? In November total, I wrote 88,728 words. Now, you know, that contest, you only have to write 50,000 words. So you practically did it yeah. twice, right? Pretty much. 
So with NaNoWriMo, you can set any goal you want. So if you were looking to aim lower, you could do 10,000 words or 100,000 words. But I set my goal at 75,000. 75,000. And um, as a writer, and I have a lot of friends who are writers, I've known of uh, NaNoWriMo, though I have to pause to say it. It's, it, it's yeah. a tongue twister. But for the listeners who aren't familiar with it, tell us a little bit more about that program. Do you remember what that stands for, NaNoWriMo? Uh, yeah, it stands for National Novel Writing Month. So in that month, every day, you have to hit a goal of 1,667 words, approximately. <laughs> and it has to be a new novel you wrote, you just started that month. And you can't have anything from prior months for it to count. It's entirely free as well. So that's nice. It's a great program. And in fact, for people who want to learn more about it, um, nanorimo.org. It's actually a, uh, a nonprofit that, that gets people um, to write. So how did you hear about the program? So back in July, probably July or August, I was looking for just some writing contests because I was kind of interested in writing a book. And I kind of stumbled across this and it looked very interesting, but I noticed that the date for the contest was November. And then around October, I guess, I had my idea for my nano novel and then I just signed up for it then. What's your novel about? Uh, so my novel is about a futuristic version of Earth where people live in these different kingdoms and they're based on the different layers of the Earth, like the lithosphere, the hydrosphere, the atmosphere. That's cool. And do you have any writing influences, like, you know, other novelists that you really like and are kind of inspired by? I was really inspired by Marissa Myers. She wrote the series Renegades. Okay. She also was a participant in NaNoWriMo back when she was writing her first books. That's So she inspiring. was probably a big inspiration. So how do you feel about your first novel? Like, are you really happy with where it is or sort of like, wow, I'm glad I got the words done? I'm glad I got the first draft done, but it's a first draft. Yeah. It yeah. still needs a lot of editing because when you write so many words so fast, you don't really stop and go back to change punctuation. Isn't that part of, I guess, the, the, the lesson of NaNoWriMo? It's that the purpose is like, we need to start and get out of our own way. Like the first draft is the hardest. So just keep moving forward. Don't. Yeah. Don't be editing yesterday's words. You need more words. Was that hard for you to do? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of a perfectionist. So I want to get everything perfect the first time, go back and edit it like the three sentences before writing more. So this really helped. <laughs> and tell me about, this was fascinating to me. You ended up, you said at first it was like 900 words an hour. Then you got up to 2,500 words an yeah. hour. And, you know, to non-writers, this might sound kind of a, even just a weird thing. And these numbers might sound like a lot of, like a lot of words, but I can say that my writer friends who actually like have a career out of writing, they know their word counts and they're always yeah. trying to do little tricks, whether it's an extra cup of coffee or <laughs> uh, put the dog outside or whatever it is to maximize words per hour. So this is something writers talk about a lot. How did you go from 900 to 2,500? Um, the one thing that really helped me a lot was doing the Pomodoro technique. So that's when you set a timer for 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and then just working and focusing on that for that short time, then taking a break. That, that really helped. For the listeners out there, you know, I find that um, that is one of the most powerful productivity secrets that, that works for me. Now, when I'm doing work every day, 
I'll usually stretch it out. So it'll be like 50 minutes kind of on and then a 10 minute break. And whether it's 20 minutes, 50 minutes, whatever works for each person. But it's this idea that our minds aren't made to focus for like nonstop eight hours a day. And we just get distracted and everything else, but we can focus for 25 minutes or 50 minutes and then like rest and, and recover. That's a great technique. And you also had, now this was very interesting. You said that during that time, writing was your MIT. What do you mean by MIT? So the MIT is your most important task. So that's what I wanted to focus on and get done in the day. So writing that whole month was my MIT. But the month of November and any given day, what else did you have to do that day? Homework, classes, playing piano. Yeah. Now, a lot of people where they struggle with the MIT, they'll say, oh my gosh, I've got all this stuff. Like if I don't play piano today, I'm going to get in trouble. Or if I don't do my homework, I'm going to get in trouble. So my MIT is play piano for an hour and then do the words later. So how did you think about why was writing? How are you thinking about your most important task? So I thought of my most important task, I put it in the morning. So every morning in November, I made sure that I had some writing in before school even started. So that way that I got something done for my day before the rest of it got busy. Did you get up any earlier or you were already getting up? Uh, right? Earlier, yeah. Like most days, 5.30 to 6. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, and what you did that was so smart with the MIT is – there will always be, you know, like fires to put out in the day, problems, things that are due that day. And there's a competing theory of productivity called eat the frog first, which is a weird thing is, you know, it's like, if you have to eat a frog, eat it first, get it out of the way. But MIT is different than that. It's saying, no, no, no. What's the most, most important goal? What's the long-term thing, the one month goal? And how do you chop it up and do that before you worry about all those frogs and fires and, and problems? Yeah. So it was really, um, really great. Your email mentioned the number 1440. What does 1440 mean to you? So 1440 is the number of minutes everyone has in a day, regardless of who they are, you all have the same number of minutes, which is just kind of puts everything into perspective. Like I have the same time as Albert Einstein, as Jeff Bezos as all these people who do amazing things. So that, that was inspiring. It really is. A lot of people think about scheduling by hours, but you can actually do a lot in one minute, five minutes, 20 minutes. I'm curious, did your mom think you were crazy when all of a sudden you put up number 1440 in your room and all this weird stuff was going on? Yeah, but she explained everything. <laughs> you didn't join a cult or anything like that. You said, no, 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 it has to do with writing. No, and she told me I need to improve my 1440, so... <laughs> I bet you loved hearing that. I did, from my 12-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so this is another, like most people, when they tell me they read fifteen my book, 15 Secrets, they'll usually say like, where do I start? How do I implement it? And I, I usually say, look, just any one secret, quote unquote secret, can have a big impact that it don't fit for everybody. So just pick something and try it. And if it works, great. If not, then it's no big deal. You did so many of them so quickly. Like I was really impressed. And the one that people fight me on all the time. In fact, I got in a fight with Richard Branson about, I don't know if you heard that episode or whatever. It's don't have a to-do list, put everything on your calendar. And you said your entire day is scheduled on Google Calendar. So was that yeah. hard to make that shift? 
yeah, it was hard at first because then you have to learn Google Calendar and book things out. But once you get used to it, it works really well. What isn't on your calendar? Like, do you put every single class or is it just like school and there's six hours? Uh, I put every single class and then like times when I have in between classes. And what about piano time? <laughs> that uh, That's usually at night around 7 to 7.30. Now, I understand how all this could help you to write your novel. Like, okay, I'm going to get up early. I'm motivated by the power of 1440. It's on my calendar. I'm going to do the Pomodoro technique. But how are you getting your homework done faster? Also the Pomodoro technique. So I take one assignment. So for example, I usually have pretty long social studies assignments. So I take one and I say, okay, for 25 minutes, that's all I'm going to focus on. And then I just work, 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 work on that. And then by the end of the 25 minutes, it's more productive than if I just sat there staring around for like an hour and a half. What do you do for your five minute break when you're doing social studies? Usually get up, pet my cat, just get moving, get some water. Not social media? No. She has no device. Oh yeah. I have my school Chromebook. So we'll come back to that because <laughs> that's going to be different. Yeah. And I think a lot of people make that mistake of they do their 25 works, work sprint focus time and then their five minute break, they're reading or thinking or doing something like that. And it's still burning up the, the mind, the glucose in the brain It's still taxing, taxing the yeah. brain. So a perfect thing to do is to pet your cat, get some <laughs> water, walk around, do a yoga stretch, you know, whatever, whatever it is. That's a great, that's a great break. So back to your mom for a second. So Heather, what do you make of all this? <laughs> She's just very determined, very driven. She's always been like focused. If she wants to do something, she just figures out how to do it. And honestly, whatever she can put her mind to, whether she likes it or not, she can be really good at it. So I think at this point in our, in our conversation, there's going to be like thousands of parents out there like, oh my gosh, you know, my teenager, I can't get them to put the phone down or I can't get them to get out of their room or I can't get them to do their homework or Right. I mean, it's a it's a common thing even before social media and, and devices. So, Heather, like what there's got to be some parenting advice, parenting tricks you've got uh, to share with others. I don't know what parenting advice I have. I Sienna, what do you notice that like that your parents are different than other parents of your friends? Um, well, I don't have like real video games or devices and stuff. So that's definitely different than most of my friends because mm -hmm. a lot of them are big into TikTok and stuff. Honestly, I don't really see the point, but <laughs> we play a lot. Like we do a lot of family time, games. We spend a lot of time together, especially in COVID. We've probably spent <laughs> more time than we wanted to, but. Do you, um, do you homeschool? Um, no, but she's a hundred percent virtual right now. Yeah, due to COVID. I, yeah. I was going to say 2020, we're all homeschooled, right? Yeah, yeah, but normally it's public school. Yeah. Okay. And um, so what do your friends think of the, like that you wrote a novel already? Like, I haven't really told anyone. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't feel guilty, Santa, but you're going to make a lot of adults feel guilty because they're going to be like, I'm 40 years old. I've always wanted to write a novel. I can't believe, you know, <laughs> Sienna did it in a month. Um, so it's really quite, um, quite an accomplishment. Do you feel like um, the no device thing, like you clearly just said, eh, I don't really see the point of TikTok. I don't, I don't miss that. Yeah. But, um, have there been times where it's like, hmm, 
you know, I could really have use my own computer these days or. Uh, Well, definitely. I think I could use my own computer since the school just started blocking my like private account on the device, which doesn't really help since it blocks Google Docs, which I used for writing. I've been improvising using other websites to do it. So your routine, your writing routine, you just wake up and you have like a special place that you would write or you just open the Chromebook? Uh, Yeah, right here, my dining room table. All right. Kind of become my home office, I guess, in COVID. I've just got my folders, books, headphones set up. Everyone's going to be having a very different home in the future with this remote work, remote school thing. You know, fewer spare bedrooms and more offices, I think, is going to be the new new normal uh, out there. So, Sienna, what are you thinking about? You're still really young, but are you thinking about what you want to do when you grow up, like career-wise? Um, well, I was thinking that I wanted to be an Imagineer, which is basically they work for Disney, right? And they design and build the rides there. And I just love Disney, so that's always interested me. But I would love to be an author if that was ever possible. But I know that's not like a really stable thing to do. Yeah, I think these days, like being competition to be an Imagineer is, uh, is tough. Now, I actually have an in. I've got a good friend whose son is working with the Imagineers in Southern California. So in a few years, track me down, say, hey, you said you'd hook me up with your friends with, you know, Imagineering. But I think the good news is with the writing, first of all, like not everybody becomes like J.K. Rowling, rich and famous, right? Yeah. But um, it's easier than ever before to make a living and to get some income from writing. And what's great is like, even novelists, like they can do many other things, you know, as well. You know, there's a lot of journalists that write, there's a lot of professors who write, there's just, it's because it's so flexible, you kind of do it from, from wherever, but um, you're so accomplished for your age that, I mean, I'm not your parents, I shouldn't say a word, but mom, just follow your dreams, right? You know, so like, hey, you've been so successful at everything you've tried. Certainly don't pick something just because like, oh, it's going to be more stable. Like you got to go for it, right? Yeah. I just started another story and I'm editing my nano story. At the same time? Yeah. I was going to ask, are you still doing this um, crazy 5.30 a.m. wake up? Uh, It's moved more to like 6, 6.30. (laughs) Well, that seems reasonable. You got to recharge and get ready for the next November uh, sprint as well. Yeah, they also do camps in July and April, which are similar to the bigger competition in November. That's cool. I didn't even realize that. I um, almost nobody knows this. So I've written only a little bit of fiction and it was um, under a different name. So no one's going to be able to find it. (laughs) (laughs) One is like a spy thriller. And then another, uh, it's more like, that one was more like a novella. And then when my son was probably about 10, he wouldn't read. I'm a huge reader. I obviously write my, I have two uh, daughters. They like to read. My son hates reading. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to write a book kind of like spy kids and put my son and all of his friends in it. Then he'll love love reading, right? You know, I've wrote a book with him in it. He's the hero. All of his friends love the book and and ask me for copies and all that stuff. My son wouldn't even read the books that his dad wrote with him in it. Can you believe that? So I threw him out. I disowned him. But uh, (laughs) no, I've got two great daughters. So... See, and I want to talk about before I uh, let you go, like, so not everyone wants to do nano, nano, rhymo. 
Yeah. But there's a lot of students out there, including, um, you know, college, college kids, college students. And I do get these emails all the time. And, you know, your mother hit on something early in our chat, which is a big part of being organized, um, not procrastinating. You know, there is an aspect that's just someone's personality. Um, one of the five big personality traits is, co is called conscientiousness. And you are clearly high in conscientiousness. And other people are lower in there. Just, you know, personality is you, you, a lot has to do with just how you're born. So for people who just don't have it naturally in them to set the alarm at 530 and all that, like, what's your advice? Where would they start? Which one or two of the secrets would be most helpful to someone who really struggles as a student? I would say probably get off the video games and the social media because that like really kills people's time. They could just like lock that away for an hour. What else are they going to do? Now they have more time to work on the essay that's due or the homework that's due tomorrow. It's great. And what's key about that, it was like lock it away. And I still do like with my phone, if I'm going into that, into the zone, I put my phone on airplane mode. So it doesn't, nobody can yeah. text me or, or, or bug me. My daughter, Natalie would often, when it was homework time, she's in college now, um, uh, she would just put her phone in a different room. Like, so it, even if it's not buzzing, but it's sitting, you know, <laughs> sitting, looking at you next to you, you know, it could be so distracting. And so just like you said, lock it away, get it away, at least for those work sprints Yeah. and, uh, and do that. So that's good. So I want to just shout out to the listeners. If this doesn't motivate you to go out and conquer your goals in 2021, I don't know what will. This will this will air early in the new year, and everybody has their New Year's resolutions. You know, whether it's to hit the gym and lose weight or to write that novel. Sienna, you've given us a great plan about how just a handful of these techniques and maybe setting the alarm 30 minutes or so earlier than we would like. Really, you can accomplish a lot even in as as few as 30 days. So, thank you both for coming on the show. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you for having us. Hey, everyone. Kevin again with a final note on this episode. So a couple days after my interview with Sienna, her mother, Heather, reached out via email. She said, during our interview, I was not prepared to answer questions about parenting and what advice I have for other parents. After thinking about it, I realized without knowing it that my most important task, MIT, all these years is my family. My one piece of advice is enjoy every moment of being a parent, cherish the time, encourage their interests, read to them, teach them to be kind, see the world through someone else's eyes, expose them to the world. Talk to your children, really listen, turn off your devices and your work for a little while each day and just be with your children. Heather, thanks for those parting words. My kids are all grown up. They're now 22, 20, and 17. But this is great advice, no matter what age your children are. Here's to leading and parenting with intent.